You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Well, hello there, everybody. We are back with you. It is 7.20 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 4.20 on the West Coast. And the UFC event is over. It's all over. How about that? The sun is still out. There's still plenty of time to enjoy the day or night. And Cyril Gunn is now 9-0 as a professional mixed martial artist. He defeats Alexander Volkov. I scored... All five rounds for Cyril Gunn, and I was super impressed. I was very impressed. Very smart game plan. Volkov couldn't really get anything going. Gunn just was patient at the right times. He got aggressive at the right times. I thought his approach to this fight was uh, was brilliant, if we're being honest. So congratulations to him. Now 6-0 in the UFC. Unfortunately, the timing for him was not great. But, you know, maybe he could be a backup fighter for the upcoming fight between France Ngannou and Derek Lewis whenever that happens. But we are here at the UFC Vegas 30 post-fight show. My kid just sneezed so loud. It, like, rattled my brain. Oh, my gosh. But I am Mike Heck. I do not do this alone. We got Jose Youngs joining us. How are you, Jose? Did you enjoy the fights? I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the fights, and it's not even 5 p.m., and we're doing a post-show, so I'm not complaining. My coffee machine broke this morning, so that was the only negative today so far. Ah, that is super unfortunate. If people know, yeah. if people, if people have met me, they know how just debilitating that is to my my day to day life. Yes, I know that, no doubt about it. And we have E Casey Line on the ones and twos. Did not get a tweet on the broadcast for the four hundred and thirteenth consecutive card. How you doing, buddy? I don't know. My coffee, my coffee maker is working just fine. Well, I guess I have to leave now. <laughs> On his way to Casey's house to tell me about, tell me more about how your, how your life is better, Casey. <laughs> I haven't. Nope. Oh, where do Keep we start? Coming. Do we start? Where do we start? Oh, we don't, we only have an hour for this. So, what, what next? Bro doesn't next? even have to button his top button, and he yeah. thinks he's better than me. Yeah. Where do we start? Should we just start the main event or should we start with the co-main event? I mean, there's there's a lot happened. This this card kind of flew under the radar. It was really fun in a lot of ways. We had a, 
a little bit of everything. Some good finishes, some good fights. We had some bad finishes. We had an unfortunate no contest. We had some controversy in the co-main event, which I'm sure we'll touch on because there's some there's some new developments in that story, which we'll get to. Um, but let's start with Cyril Gunn, Jose. I thought he fought a brilliant fight. This was uh, the kind of performance you needed against a very dangerous and very large man in Alexander Volkov. I thought Gunn looked incredible. I liked the way he kept switching stances, kept going to the legs, kept going to the body. And like I said earlier, I thought he got aggressive at the right times, but he stayed patient at the right times. And he was clearly, at least in my eyes, was frustrating Volkov. Like he was just outside of Volkov's range. And Alexander landed some good shots throughout the fight, but not a ton of them. And I, I just felt like Gan was kind of frustrating him and then returning with with some really good counter shots and, and just some really good aggressive activity when it was needed. What did you think of his performance overall? Uh, I would define it as measured aggression. Uh, it was clearly more aggressive uh, and pushing forward than his previous fight against Jairzinho Rosenstreich. I'm not going to say he took those words, like the criticism to heart because it doesn't strike me as the individual to uh, really listen to the naysayers and change his entire game ca- game plan completely. But I just think he game plans perfectly for Alex Volkov. Like Volkov, like as the broadcast said a million times in the pre-fight show, uh, on ESPN plus that Volkov really uses his range better than most heavyweights. Like I think that was the big knock on Steph Struve. He was seven foot tall, but didn't fight like he was seven foot tall. Alex Volkov is almost seven foot tall and fights exactly like that. Like he, he, he uses his distance. Well, he throws a lot of kicks. He's just, uh, he puts that snap at the end of his punches that you can't really expect from someone that's like that long and rangy. And I just think Cyril gone just pushed forward, avoided a lot of those shots, uh, came in when he needed to. And he's throwing that weird, like slapping kick that I don't think anyone was expecting. I thought I saw a lot of people tweeting about it. Uh, even they were talking, I actually turned on the, the broadcast for that fight. And, uh, they were talking about that a lot, like that kick that came across the side, but he was still hitting Volkov with the top of his foot. Like he was kicking a soccer ball out of the air. So, very uh, interesting approach to the game, and uh, I can't wait to see what he does against someone that hits as hard as Francis Ngannou or Derek Lewis. But again, I have no idea what's next for him uh, because what is he? Who's left? Who's left in, to fight a heavyweight? Stipe? I don't think Stipe is going to fight him, so it might just be a wait and see approach for Cyril Gan. Yeah, I think it's kind of you either hope you get Stipe or you hope that you can weigh in and maybe be the backup for the title fight when that actually gets booked. Other than that, I, I just don't know where he goes, Casey, but That's I was impressed with Cyril gone. Oh. Yeah. That fight. Yeah. That it, it, uh, it went differently than I thought, than I thought it was going to go. I liked, uh, I think Jose, you know, sort of introduced it perfectly measured. What was it? Measured violence. What was it? What'd you say? Yeah. Measured aggression, measured aggression. I thought that that's perfect. What say you? Uh, yeah, measured aggression. I like that term. Um, unfortunately, I think for Dana White and the UFC brass, uh, measured aggression, they call that boring. Um, I mean, I, I didn't see – I saw just a slightly more active version of Gon from the the, the same Gon that beat up um, Rosenstruck for five rounds. Um, I did pick Volkov in this, um, but um, nothing kind of surprised me. Um, Gon is actually just making – just uh, slow um, improvements, and to and is I know I know Gon and Volkov at the same age, but obviously in cage experience is a big go- a big um, gap. But um, no, Gon looked good. Gon he never he just never he never puts himself in trouble. He never he never puts himself in bad spots, which is very impressive. And when he did get hit by, get hit big by Volkov, 
took it, took a step back, just didn't didn't do any um any uh any uh, desperate no takedown attempts or anything when he did get touched up. Just um Gon's just a really smart, intelligent um uh, fighter, and um he's gonna be a tough out for everyone. Yeah, that was that was a great win for him. Um, again, but the, but, it's but, the be but, tough. but yeah, but the problem kind of what we said going into this though, to me there, I mean. Yeah, you had the guys at the top, then you have Volkov, then you have Gon. Okay, they switched spots, but I think they're still kind of in the same spot relatively to in terms of fighting for the belt. So, and each each guy has, well, at least Gon now still has one more fight. And like you said, maybe a backup fight, but that's not really a title shot. I mean, what are you, you're hoping, you know, hoping Francis and Gon will twist his knee, you know, a week before the fight, you know. So, um, not you, but you know me. Uh, so, I think we're just kind of in the same spot, which is kind of what kind of hampered this card coming into it. You know, there's just no high stakes, you know, what, what, what we expect for a main event. That's about it. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, there's really no aftermath talk because <laughs> you just, I mean, you just basically, you planted your flag before the fight and your flag just kind of stays where it is. It doesn't really go anywhere. So. Yeah. So good win for Cyril Gunn. That was kind of the litmus test in my eyes to see if this guy is the real deal. I mean, I felt pretty confident that he was the real deal, but this one kind of put it over the edge for me. So I think in the eyes of a lot of fans, he got he took that next step tonight. So while he may not rise in the rankings, he rises right here where it really matters. <laughs> that's what matters. That's, 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 what, pays, that's, what, that's what pays the bills. So that's Zero God. Uh, of course, when you have a heavyweight main event, you got to have a, a heavyweight co-main event. <laughs> that is the new trend here in the UFC. Uh, so Tanner Bozer fights Ovin St. Prue, and I feel like this is the right time to uh, discuss what we, did, what we alluded to at the beginning of this program. The storyline coming out of this fight will continue on, and I will explain in a matter of moments. So for those of you who watched the fight, and I know I sent out a tweet, and I know Jose sent out a kind of similar tweet where we talked about the officiating of one Jason Herzog about how he didn't do that great of a job. And MMA Twitter sometimes will either have a positive outlook or they'll have a negative outlook. And immediately when you say something criticizing the referee, you don't look deep enough. You just say oh, you're calling Tanner Bozer a cheater because he grabbed the fence, although he clearly didn't grab the fence. Let me just say that when I put that tweet out, it had nothing to do with the fence grab or the lack thereof. I had no issue with it. Even if he grabbed the fence and got away with it, fine. I don't care. That stuff doesn't bother me. What bothered me was the fact that Jason Herzog thought it was a fence grab and he went in and touched, definitely touched OSP, Maybe touch Tanner Bozer too. And to me, like when you do that, that's like, all right, stop. Like stop fighting, pause in the action. And then everything just kind of turned from there. Tanner Bozer gets back to his feet, lands a shot, lands the big knee, and the fight is over. Uh, so some breaking news here. It's not official on MA fighting, but I, I can confidently say this because I know for a fact, Owen St. Pru will be appealing the TKO loss to Tanner Bozer. Uh, I have a statement from Mr. St. Pru that reads like this quote. I felt the ref put his hand on my back, which is only done to pause the action or call a finish. I slightly paused and then the tide turned. We will be protesting and requesting a no contest. So just minutes after the fight ended, OSP talked to his coach, talked to his manager, Orrin Hodak. They came to this decision together. 
they're appealing. They're good. They're, I don't know if anything will come of it, but it probably won't. But uh, had nothing to do with Tanner, had nothing to do with the quote unquote fence grab. It had everything to do with Jason Herzog going in there and putting his hands on the fighters, at least OSP. And I went back and watched it a few different times to see if he actually touched Tanner Bozer. I can't, I couldn't tell. You can't really tell because of the angle because you can't see Herzog's right arm to where like Bozer's sitting against the cage, but he definitely puts his hand on OSP's back. Which I think is on so OSP. Yeah. 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 So OSP. So because of that and nothing else, that's why he's appealing and wants it overturned to a no contest. So does he have a gripe, Casey? Yes. I mean, it is, it is a gripe. Um, I think Jason Herzog is actually the best ref in the sport. Um, but hey, even, uh, even, Whoever the best basketball player is, I don't know who is. I don't, I don't follow sports ball, but even that guy airballs every once in a while, you know. So, I, like me criticizing Jason Herzog isn't. I'm not saying he's a bad ref. Like you said, they're they're humans, and um, I did think that changed the fight, um, and that led to the finish. I mean, we've. I doubt they're going to overturn it, but I'm not like. I can't believe OSP is doing this. It makes sense, and um, yeah, it's uh, it's just it just kind of sucks. Unfortunate, you know. There was there was a few unfortunate events that happened on this card. But we'll get bored to oh later. <laughs> but um, yeah, this is just one of those unfortunate things. And um, the only reason I don't want it overturned because that means does Tanner lose his money? I know it just sucks. I mean, but OSP lost a lot of money too because you know how you know. So um, I gotta watch the replay again and again and again because I I saw it a couple of times, but then people were like. Yeah, but it's, it, but it's really interesting because, like you said, the focus of the appeal is the stoppage of the fight. And I'm pretty sure when the, the when the fighters are backstage and the refs talk to them, because if I touch you, things like that, you know, you pay attention, you stop, you stop your action. So, yeah, I I think he, I actually think he has a gripe here. I don't think I know if it's going to get overturned or turned into a no contest, but I, I I think it's definitely worth getting looked at. Jose, your thoughts on? This uh, this appeal from one Oban St. Pru. Oh, we lost you, Jose. Oh, for cripe's sake! It happens to me too. It happened to me on the the freaking people's pew fat <laughs> show. So, hey, Jose, I'm gonna disconnect you, and you pick you if you could reconnect because it looks pretty bad right now. So. All right, so we'll wait for Jose to come back. And uh, while we await that, and then we'll go to the peeps in a matter of moments, we have bonuses, Casey. We have bonuses. My favorite part of the night where I get extremely disappointed. What um, do we got? What do you think? Hold on. Oh. And there is a fight of the night, by the way. Okay, there's a fight of the night. Okay, well, fight of the night's easy, I think. Fight, oh, uh, fight of the night is um, uh, Timor versus Hani or Hani? Barcelona? Hayoni. Hayoni, sorry. Is that, is that yep. fight of the night? Fight of the night, yes. Okay, good. Has advertised that fight, ruled on paper, and um, came it delivered. <laughs> uh, performances, ooh, I'm probably, uh, what am I forgetting? What am I forgetting? There's a lot of good. There's a lot of good performances. They could, they could go, it could go to a lot of people. To be honest. Oh man, um, Jose, who you got for performances? <laughs> I gotta think about this for a moment. Um, let me look. Let me look. Um, what do we think? Do you think there's a fight of the night? There is fight of the night. There was, uh, yeah. Uh, Barcelos Valiev is fight yeah. of the night. Yeah, I was going to say that's probably fight of the night, and then I would say Rachmanov, Rachmanov, and maybe Moicano. 
Casey, your your guess. No, I lied. I'm gonna go lied. Rockman, off. Gonna go Rockman off, and I'm just because I want because we're not gonna talk about this fight too much, but I just want to mention uh, Julia Villas just for their, their barn burner. So all four of you Ken- are incorrect. All is four names Kennedy are incorrect. Is it Kennedy and Jakubu? That's one. Yeah, I was really? I was gonna change mind. Yeah. What? I don't understand. Take him. I thought I, I thought Hanato Moicano deserved a bonus. That was my one of my uh, one of my picks yeah, on the pre-fight yeah. show. I have no issue with Moicano getting it. Yeah. The other one, which is kind of forgotten and everything that has happened since, but it was so ferocious and nasty. Wells. Prashio. Oh, Prashio. Mm, body kick. Oh. Oh, poor Ike. That one like hurt my soul to watch him fall down like that that was a nasty body kick really nasty so they each get fifty thousand dollars congratulations yeah. to them yeah. submissions almost never get it oh well. i know i thought avila should have been up there that was a crazy fight that, that, that could have been that, fight of the night too that was a great fight it was, it was on his way that, that had some crazy exchanges that was a that was a super good fight but yeah but then but then barcelos and valley yeah. have had to go in there and yeah, yeah. be bantamweights uh, yeah <laughs> The, the, the just two, be 35ers the, yeah yeah so, i just saw these 135ers just you know. <laughs> that fight was tremendous so uh congratulations to them 50 g's uh of course timor valiev gets the majority decision agree with that i know a lot of people thought it might have been a draw because again we have this conversation every freaking post fight show every show the difference between a 10-9 and a 10-8 barcelo's having the most impactful moments in that entire fight Drops Valiev with that nasty uppercut twice, had him in big hard, trouble. Hard drops, not not just like, oh, I fell over, just like, Ugh, yeah. Just. Very close to finishing in the second round. Valiev, kudos to him for hanging in there, but only one judge gave him a 10 8. Yeah. Did you score that? Was that a draw in your eyes, Casey? Yeah, I, th- I thought it was a pretty easy draw. I thought it was kind of clear. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I get the, the fight was the, the second round was competitive, or maybe even Timor was winning that second round up until. Up until he got dropped twice and was just just barely surviving, um, yeah, I thought that should have been a draw, and um, that's um, yeah, that's yeah, it was a, it was a clear ten eight to me. Yep, but just hell of a fight. Like, like I said, fight. come I, I said come into into this. These two gentlemen are top ten bantamweights that just aren't top ten bantamweights yet. That's all. <laughs> yeah, and then nice little promo from Timur Valiev. I dug it. Good yeah. on him. Uh, Andre Feely, my God, may have had a 10-7 round in the yeah. first. That was insane. Uh, but unfortunately, we had an eye poke and a no contest. So we have no uh, no definitive ending to that fight. And I, I feel uh, like t- that oh, sorry, I feel like that eye wasn't opening because of the damage it took from the first round, not from the actual eye poke itself. You know, because like he got, you know, he he got beat up. He got kicked in the side of that face in the first round. So, but that's how it goes. Mm-hmm. Unfortunate. Tim Means now has won three in a row. Beats defeats Nicholas Dalby. Good fight. Uh, Hanato Moicano, I thought deserved a bonus. I mean, that was one way traffic. Just annihilated Jai Herbert in uh, route to a rear naked choke submission win. He's back in the win column after the loss to Hafiel Fazeev. Uh, Kennedy uh, in Zekuch. I will get that. Enjikuwu. Enjikuwu. That's what it is. Enjikuwu. Yeah, something something to that effect. Danilo Marquez probably won the first two rounds too, but again, you know, you just gotta you gotta do more. You can't just sit and uh, can't burn yourself out in the body tri- in a standing body triangle for two rounds. Poor Danilo Marquez and his and his and his shifting cup. 
that thing was like behind <laughs> him. Remember, like he was oh, on his back, man. and I was like, "What is sticking out of his butt?" I was like, "Oh, that's his cup." <laughs> I was like, and as soon as the round ended, he was like oh, digging in. I don't know if anyone saw on the international feed. Uh, they showed his corner men basically sticking their, hand, you know, <laughs> fixing his cup. Yeah, he had he had serious cup issues going to that fight. What a bad yes. night for him. Uh, it was a very good night for Shavkat Rachmanov. He improves to 14 and 0. This dude is a savage. He's a beast. And I remember having conversations with one Daniel Rubenstein over the last year or so. And he's he's said on multiple occasions to me via text message that he believes Shavkat Rachmanov might be the best fighter in his entire stable right now. And that and he's got a lot of very good fighters yeah. on his roster his, right now. He's in got, his corner. He's got Michael in his corner. Freaking uh, Javier Fazeev. Fazeev. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, got, he's got Fazeev. He's got Piotr Jan. He's got uh, Michael Chiesa. He's got a number of very good fighters on his roster, and he there's there's a very good chance that Rachmanov could be the the overall best of the best. So good win for him. Wild, Another man. submission win. Great performance. Jeremiah Wells. That was insane. I what a debut that, for him. That was the one fight I didn't see any of. Can you, what happened? Well, I know Wells won by knockout. Wells is a wild man. He came out like just guns blazing. And in the second round, they had this like weird like collision. And Wells landed like a short punch and just dropped Worley. And he landed a couple shots while he was on top of him. And Worley was sleeping, man. Great performance of Jeremiah Wells. About a minute, uh, 30 seconds into the second round, he gets the finish. Uh, Marching Pratchino, like we just talked about, he got a bonus, that nasty body kick, Julia Avila. Back in the win column, third round submission win over Julia Stolyarenko. Great fight, Charles Rosa. Uh, can we can we talk about the ending of this fight? Poor Justin Janes. I mean, this guy puts his entire purse on himself, makes it public, tells the world, makes it public. Has Charles is down two oh, rounds. The, okay. There's no doubt about it. He's down two rounds. He has Rosa badly hurt, badly hurt. If he just stood there and threw like ten more punches, may have won the fight. And then he shoots for the takedown, and it was a so bad. Growing from the MMA community, it's they. It was the takedown was so bad. Fight IQ, unfortunately, that they even usually the UFC when they show reactions, it's the reactions to big knockouts. They actually showed the reaction from all the, all the commentators of the takedown attempt, and they just go, <laughs> "No!" It was like uh, I felt so bad for him. I felt so bad for. Uh, I don't know. Really good fight, though. Really good, good fight. fight Charles Rosa continues his his crazy stretch that Jose brought up during the preview show yesterday that he has yet to have a winning streak or a losing streak on, in the UFC. Uh, it was on between the links. I wasn't on the preview show. That's right. So Boston Strong wins another one outside the TD Garden. I think that's a, what, second win outside the Garden? Correct. And then uh, Demir Hadzovic he's all, with he's the unanimous only, win. He, he's only ever won in Las Vegas and Boston. He's never won anywhere else. And Yancey almost Yancey almost got that comeback at the very end. That was the, the what a great current jerker. Yeah, Yancey um almost had that choke. Uh, um, Demir got saved by the bell. You have news coming in? Uh, no, I'm just yeah. yeah. I'm doing I'm balancing like fifty thousand things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what do the peeps say? Let's go to the peeps. Ready for the peeps? And let's see All how right. they're how they're reacting well, to this. So what were the one more time? What were the bonuses? I want to make a nice graphic for our followers. Fight of the night was Hyoni Barcelos versus Timur Valiev. Performances yeah. of the night: Kennedy and Marcin Prachnio. Got you. 
I like Kennedy Njikubu. He's a fun interview. Yeah, he's. I mean, his story is crazy, man. I, I chatted with. Him. I want to watch. I chatted that with thing. him for a. I chatted with him for a bit when uh, I was in Las Vegas when he fought Carlos Olberg. Uh, because I interviewed Carlos on Fight Island before he got into the UFC, so I interviewed Kennedy in, in Las Vegas, and he was, uh, yes, sir, thank you, sir, thank you for the interview, sir, kind of kind of guy. And he, but he was very well spoken. Uh, after after his win, he goes, everyone at City Kickboxing keeps their heads straight up in the air, and I'm going to punch him in the face a lot, and that's exactly what he did. <laughs> after he, <laughs> that's not exactly how the fight went, but <laughs> against Carlos Olberg, it was. Carlos Olberg eventually got extremely tired and start, then started throwing punches from his waist. Well, but, I understand but that. Kennedy but Kennedy is watch, great. He's, he's a great I understand. He's a, yeah. if you want, but if you watch that whole fight, Carlos Olberg was – his defense was eating punches between the eyes, and then eventually he got tired. But if Open you watch work, that first yeah. round, he got punched a ton. He just – Kennedy just didn't punch him hard. He just punched him 100 times between the eyes. And so he pretty much did exactly what he said. He just – I don't think he expected Olberg to hit him as hard as he did. Yeah. But Kennedy's toughness, like, like he just like, like he just likes to get his butt kicked either from the grappling or getting punched a lot for two rounds. And was it the third round? Yeah, the third round he got the comeback win. Like that kid's special. I like him. Yeah, I, I and I said something like this on the People's Pre-Fight Show. Like I understand. I mean, I understood like beating Carlos Olberg like in, in that fight like gave him a lot of buzz and I understood that. I didn't understand why he was the 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 the, the favorite in that fight. Um and Mar- against Mar against uh Marquez. Oh, he I thought Marquez would have been the favorite. Um but I'm telling you man, like and I know it's kind of cliché and a lot of young fighters say this, but I I I really mean this when it comes to Kennedy. You better fight that man now. Fight him now because if you wait two years to fight this guy and he continues to get better or better or better, man, he's gonna. I mean, he's he's got so much potential. His ceiling is extremely high, especially down there in Fortis. You know, he's only gonna get better. Yeah, I mean, Marquez. I mean, he legitimately he should have won that fight. I mean, he was on his way to winning, but he just you no, know, just couldn't. I'm not even. What did Marquez do? Is it, did, he Damian Mayed him. He Damian Mayed. Yeah. That's and then he got tired, and he got punched. He got tired and got punched. Two things you don't want to happen. Oh, who's yeah. the, who? I mean, who's the, um? Say, how do you say the coach's name? Uh, Dave Sayud. Sayud. Say yeah. Sayud. Yeah. Good. Good job on the UFC production staff. Uh, I think uh, in between rounds two and three, they focused on uh, Sayud's corner advice, and he told Kennedy exactly what to do: throw lots of punches, but don't throw with power. Just keep throwing. And that's what Kennedy came out and did, and he won the fight in the next 30 seconds. Didn't didn't throw any big overhands, didn't go crazy, didn't waste a bunch of energy, just boom, 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 boom. All accurate. Everything is super accurate. Boom. Uh, great coaching, great execution by Kennedy, listening to his coaching, making adjustments that late into a fight when you're down. That's a um, that's, uh, future, future contender right there. I like it. Agreed. Any question? What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. 
So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just symbolic. Like, some. I mean, this is happening way too often. So. Uh, something needs to be done. Who is it? Tre- Trevor Whitman has been trying to like develop a glove like this. Like, why are we? Why are we? He already did. This, he already did. Yeah. He already did. He made it's. It's good to go. He just. He has said he. Uh, like other promotions could use it if they. If I'm sure, but he himself said like, uh, I'm not going to put it out there in, until the UFC uses it first. Basically, he wants to give UFC first dibs. Um, yes. Yeah, so, uh, why, why aren't we in? Why aren't we in the boardroom like once every once a month? To figure this out and try to use these gloves, at least I'm not, like I'm not sure the the, manu- the glove manufacturers of UFCR for a long time used to be Century MMA gloves, and I'm not a big fan of them. They just they're they're really stiff, basically. Um, like the just like the um, the Sami, they they make the the rising gloves, the pride gloves. They have a natural curve to them, so when your hands are kind of out here, they'll naturally curve like normal. But everyone's like the Sentry gloves are so stiff, they just kind of naturally make your hands out like this. And even poor Surreal Gone, DC's all like, see, he's doing it right. He's framing correctly. And then, of course, in the fifth round, he finally sticks his six two fingers in Volkov's eye. So even a very disciplined fighter like Surreal Gone, he couldn't even, you know, get away from the eye pokes. So, yes, the answer is yes. How? Yes. We need conversations at least. Yeah. <laughs> Try to tap. You know, gloves most likely suck. Get- you know, gloves absolutely suck though. The McGregor fast gloves. If anyone tries them, they're terrible. Like you break your <laughs> wrist in one punch. McGregor. <laughs> oh, they're terrible. <laughs> Go to McGregorFast.com and find out. Unless they've uh, unless <laughs> they've done a major overhaul, I've put a pair on and I like punched a bag i'm like i'm gonna shatter my wrist in these things i've never felt something like this before in my life but you know what is so funny like it's the whole like sour milk thing like oh this milk tastes horrible you gotta try it and as soon as you said that i was like okay i want to i want to try those gloves on and punch something let me see how much it hurts it was honestly like they might have done a complete overhaul because i know connor was tweeting about how great they are which he's has to do because they're his gloves but i tried them pass Hard you know pass. which ones are you know which ones you should try, Casey, that are really good? Engaged. The engaged gloves. Really? Those are re- those are those are really, really good gloves. Like I I I, I my hands weren't even wrapped. I just had the glove just on. Nice. And I was Ooh. punching and it just felt like I don't I would never take a fight without wrapping my my wrist, but if I had to choose one glove to not wrap my wrist, it would probably be that. I felt like structurally sound. I've never worn the Engage gear. I'm really interested in that. Okay. It's really they're really good. They're really really high quality stuff. All right. Yeah, this was an ad. We're just talking. Okay, <laughs> we're being brought to you by uh, <laughs> okay. most most likely to get a title shot first: Cyril Gunn or Marcin Tybura. I mean, <laughs> unless Tybura <laughs> takes it for fifty bucks, maybe the UFC might go that way. Not sure. I mean, it's got to be gone, but it's still, I mean, it's not, it might not happen till 
2022, like late 2022 at the earliest at this point. So, is Gone Tiber a possibility? A stay busy fight for Gone? Hmm. No. No. There. I don't. Just saying. I think Cyril Gone. If he has to fight one more time. I don't know. Yeah, I, that, I, assume, uh, yeah it's the only one. He's literally the only one ranked higher right, right now. Yeah, so unless it's Stipe, it's Stipe. If you give him a stay busy but, fight, I think Tiber makes Stipe, sense. Stipe, Stipe has said he's taking time off to get big, it's like physically bigger. So if he rematches Francis, he's like a physically bigger man. Uh, the only, like He already beat Jairzinho. Curtis Blades is out there, but I think a lot of people just said no. uh, it should be Jairzinho and Blades rankings-wise uh, and and – like Cyril Gon's what third now? Like he would be anywhere. Any fight he takes next would be fighting down. Yeah, I mean, that, but that's what happens unless you fight. Yeah. The only the only thing I can see is like if you if the world opens up again and they give him like a main event spot over in Europe against another European, then maybe, especially if it's in France. Um, but he said he he pretty much only want to fight Francis if it's for the title because they used to be training partners. Yeah. So um yeah. Do, oh, but it's the answer is Cyril Gunn. To answer that <laughs> sure. Question. There's a comeback of the year. What do we have? What, what are some other good comebacks you've had this year? Hmm. I have a, I mean, where, where's my list? Do I have a list of that? Oh, I don't have a list. Um, might, yeah, I might have to go to the comments. Uh, if you guys can think of some good comebacks you're missing it, but that was an excellent comeback. So I'm not sure. Uh, let me see. What's some other good comebacks this year? You know what? I can't think of any right now. It was a heck of a comeback. I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, oh, here we go. If Gon was warned about fingers, eye pokes, how is there not a point deducted in Rafa? Listen, that's how, how how many times have we talked about like blatant fouls not getting point deductions? Was it last week that there is a I mean, multiple fence grabs in one fight, like egregious ones. And wasn't was it Beltran? Was it Beltran who was the one that just kept warning over and over and over again, and then didn't take a point? I'm trying to remember which which fight it was. Must be like a heavyweight fight. Do we think should have gone? I mean, it it wasn't a change outcome of the fight, luckily, Uh, but should have been a point deducted. I don't know. That's why I, I don't know. I it's love, tough, man. I love half point deductions. I love half point deductions. I know they don't do that, but I really think this is like the perfect example where Gon shouldn't got a full point deducted. That could have really changed the fight. Say if it really was two two going into the fifth round or something like that. Um, but a half point deduction doesn't change the outcome of the fight. But it is a on the record, very you know for real, uh, you know penalty for a rule infraction, accident, accidental or not. Or, or reckless, rather. When I say uh, when people say intentional eye poke, I think more the term we're looking for is a, a reckless kind of eye poke. Uh, I love this event. Don't care. There are no high stakes. Each fight was fun at seven twenty nine a.m. Now and I'm still up watching the post fight show because the event energized me. Yes, yeah, Sheila, that's what's up. That was a good event. Yeah. I, I, it was a good event. Thank you for your enthusiasm, Sheila. We like it. We like it. Um, 
Jeremiah K. It's battle of light heavyweight at heavyweight. <laughs> Gustafson versus OSP. I don't hate it. I saw a lot of people saying OSP is going to be cut. Is there is there people going, oh, OSP is going to be released? Do you think, uh, is there, is there like, is his last fight in his contract or what's going on? Just two losses in a row or is this three losses in a row for OSP? This three out of four. Two straight. Yeah. Two straight. He hasn't looked overly good in any of his major in any of his losses. Doesn't look good. Okay. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He got he smacked go. up by ja- Jamal Hill, but like I know there was a lot going into that. Yeah. Like he should have pulled out, but uh, what does he got smacked up by Jamal Hill? What and then lost a split to Ben Rothwell. Yeah. And then he has like a Von Flu and a knockout. So like, kill or be killed for OSP. Yeah, I think I think uh, I think just fans were kind of, and maybe the announcers were kind of I don't know put off the right word, but like OSP's kind of sense of lack of enthusiasm in round one. Did you think? Did you have? Were you concerned of that, or is that just you know Ovent Saint Pooh being Ovent Saint patient? I think that's how he's been for a lot of his fights in Me general. Too. I think, yeah, I, I felt that. that like, even if you look at his last few. I even mentioned like, when, on the broadcast, too. Like, he yeah. starts like, slow. I even asked him about it, and that's what he does. His, uh, well, like, his Menafield, and I know I'm never going to pronounce the name right, the Von Flu joke he got. I think it was somewhere in Europe. I know I missed that card. But uh, they were both second-round stoppage wins, right? So, like, even his stoppage wins are past the first round. I'm pretty sure even a lot of his stoppage losses are in the second round. So <laughs> it's it's how it goes. All right. Uh, I like oh. OSB. He's a funny guy. Me too. I, like I spent a lot of time with him in Bangor, Maine. <laughs> he uh, has a lot of, obviously, he has a lot of brands on his arms. Mm-hmm. And Bangor, Maine is not used to large black men with tattoos and brands walking around. That's too bad. So the amount of, the amount of eyeballs that he was getting was... That he was, he thought it was funny. Open say boo, like I remember him from the uh, strike force days, and um, yeah, I, I would say, I want to say he's he's quite the overachiever in this sport. I just didn't expect Open Saint Pooh to be around this long at such a high level, honestly. And um, great on him. I just when I first saw him, I was like, okay, you know, he's good, you know, whatever ex football player, you know, I get it. But um, yeah, and um, it's not it's not even like, and, and this fight did have its controversy too. So I hope. I, I just hope we see Ovince Pru get one more fight, and um, you know that's all. And we we really get. Well, the- I think DC said it a few times that he always felt like Ovince Pru was the victim of a really, uh, what do you call it, like raw talent that's naturally gifted that's just in the wrong camp, because he was always the man in his camp in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. So like if he went to AKA or Jacksons or ATT and like had those bodies to push him, he probably could have been. Something su- Misha Serkinov is the same exact way from what I hear in Canada. Like his gym is really small, and he's just the man. And he, if he had like spent a bunch of time in TriStar, maybe. But again, I have, I don't know what his situation is. Speaking, yes. has Serkinov and OSP fought ever? That would be a fun fight. Is OSP is he still training in Tennessee? I don't believe so. Yeah, I believe so. I believe he is. Yeah, I think I think DC does have a point there. I think at this level, you just your coaches can only do so much. You just need now. You just need really high level bodies around you. So uh, yeah, that'll be. Well, we'll see what's next for OSP for sure. Uh, All right, let's get a couple more. And yeah, oh, yeah. I like Serkinov versus OSP. I think that's a fun fight too. I'm down. 
This is a case. This is such a Casey question. We always talk MMA real. events. No, I know because you just tweeted it. You, oh yeah, you, I did. you yeah. asked. You asked. You I asked did. if PFL oh. was the best event of the weekend. No. And it might be. It might be. Oh, sorry. Oh. No, I think I, I ultimately like top to bottom, and I know there's like some holes and there's some controversy. I felt like this card was the best of the three. I'm pure. I'm pure high high level fighting and. Uh, it was uh, PFL. Um, I, I I I'm not the big I'm not a big PFL fan, and they kind of they their their fights impressed me. The quality of the fights impressed me this Saturday, but I'll still go. Sorry, Friday. Um, I think overall, top to bottom, I still go with um, UFC. Um, yeah. yeah. But like I said, like um, this card. But we said going we going into this card, even though this card didn't have high stakes or big storylines, we all liked the card. We liked the fights. We liked the fighters on the card. Um, so. The card, I think, I think the cards, PFL and UFC card delivered. I think Bellator card delivered too. So, uh, yeah, I think, I think, Bellator I think every actually fine. every promotion had it. They don't. Every promotion did great this weekend. They did fine. <laughs> Sometimes you don't need to compete. You just have a good card and fight fans win. Yay! That's oh, right. And we, we got go. BKFC. I don't. I don't like. I don't. I don't like this whole comparing all the promotions anyway because it gets any everyone nowhere. Just watch. Just have a fun time. So who won this week? I actually the fans. What? Yes. When I asked when I asked the question on between the links, like which of these three was like the most storyline ridden event, I actually like thought it was PFL with Kayla, Maybe. with with Pettis, Pettis. How interesting that was. You know, will Lance Palmer get into it? Like, I just yeah. thought like there's more, more in the story, like in the aftermath. Like, there's more to discuss. Not that like outside of those outside of those three. What are the other big stories without looking at the card? In which, which, which? In promotion? PFL six, like I'm not arguing with you. I'm just playing devil. I just would like to play devil's advocate because I wasn't on any of the preview or post shows, or preview or fan Q and A's. Like I agree. Like, but for me, and this is like the Anthony Pettis fight to me of all the fights on this card had I was most intrigued to the storyline. His fight specifically, one hundred percent. I was not. I was absolutely not interested in Kayla Harrison and Cindy Dangewa because I think we all knew what was going to happen is exactly what happened. So it's like I'm gonna watch a, a a gorilla just destroy a human being inside this cage, and then the Lance Palmer fight was interesting solely off of his comments pre-fight. I wasn't interested in the fight, like oh, the actual oh, oh. com. Like the Lance Palmer fight, I was interested in in terms of like Lance Palmer is an awesome fighter and he's a very fun interview and he's the, a multi he's a multi millionaire from PFL. But I was more invested in that fight off of the interviews he was giving about how his relationship with PFL has deteriorated, also because of what his dad was saying and the PFL put out that comment about his dad and everything. I was more interested in that, but the Anthony Pettis fight solely was more interesting that had the biggest storyline than any fight this weekend for me outside of that i think uh uh the ufc probably had more interesting storylines for me yeah. but anthony pettis was at the top and he lost i just love larissa pacheco having the biggest knockout of the weekend i think of all the cards <laughs> like, yeah it was her or uh uh liz two good yeah, two good KOs from the ladies wait yeah even the I, I didn't know very much about the other city boxing um, kickboxer MMA fighter um, Janine Fabian. Uh, she's another yeah. you know, from Fifty Five. She had a great knockout. Yeah. Um, yeah. So everyone won this weekend. Everyone won. Well, except the fighters that lost. They lost. That sucks for them. Uh, let me see. Mm. Do you think God will dust in Ganu? See, that's an interesting fight because there's a story there. 
former it's friends, former it's, teammates. I don't. I st- I think they're still friends. I think it's Cyril Gon's coach and Francis that have the big issues. Uh, Cyril, Matt, Cyril Matt, Gon Matt, was Matt. more than because con- I chatted with Cyril Gon for a bit on Fight Island because remember his fight fell off, so we had a bunch of time to just kind of hang about the fighter the fighter hotel. He's very complimentary to Francis. Like he's like, I only want to fight him just for the title. Um, like I would love to fight Francis in France and everything like that, but I think it's more Cyril. I mean, Francis and Cyril Gon's coach that have the issue, which I think would make it even more interesting. Uh, because his what was it? Fernand has a lot of insight into Francis's rise, obviously, but now he's just a completely different fighter. So I think it would be a pretty even playing field. I like the fight. Be interesting. Oh, I love the fight. I honestly will fight, see France, watch fight France fight any top ten heavyweight. Like he's kind of has that mystique to me. Like he could kill a human being with one punch. I would, I would, I would love to. I think, I think Gon needs that kind of definitive fight. Yeah. I think this wasn't the definitive fight to get him that title shot, unfortunately for him. Um, but once he gets that, I really hope to see that fight because, um, like I said, I, I w- when you haven't seen a fighter beaten up before, I know it sounds weird, but I, 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 I was picking Volkov in this fight, but then I was, I was, I was, I was, as I was watching the fight. I've seen Volkov get knocked out. You know, we, you know, everyone gets hurt in fights, but I've never seen Gon get hurt in a fight. You know, I've never seen him really rocked or on wobbly legs. He was also like, and, like and that stat at the, this, yeah, that stat at the beginning. He's one of three fighters to have zero seconds on his back. That's nuts. That is nuts. <laughs> is Gon Blades a horrible fight to, to make? I'm, I don't mean I like it as a high-level martial arts competition. I think that would answer a lot of questions of whether Cyril Gaon does well against an extremely high-level wrestler. I, I think that's more of a uh, uh, question-answering fight, but I don't know why you would take that if you're Cyril Gaon and his team. Like, they're already number three. Why are you going to fight a wrestler behind you? Because fighters don't turn down fights. Real fighters fight, man. They don't take down any challenges. Sure. And honestly, I'm, I'm, I think I'm you're – I think It's a ridiculous I, fight for Gaon to take. <laughs> but I think Cyril Gaon would be the guy. If, if there's a heavyweight in the top five to fight backwards and fight a wrestler, I think Cyril Gaon would do it. He strikes me as a, an individual that likes. What, what was his, his? Did you listen to his uh, post fight interview? He said, "I like challenges. Give me the next challenge." I think of all the top five heavyweights, Cyril Gaon would be the one to fight a wrestler behind him. Yeah. Right. I, so I mean, so 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 if you're Cyril Gaon, and you're in this position you're in right now, where a you're probably not fighting somebody ahead of you for a while. You probably have to wait for the at, worst, at best the loser of Ngannou versus Lewis. If something happens with Rosenstrike and he can't make it to that September fight, UFC 266, I think it is. Do you just step in there and be like, "Dude, I'm staying active and I'm going to fight this top five guy" because he's probably like taking the zombie approach, like this is like the only guy left that I can fight, or does he just wait? That's kind of the conundrum he's in right now. It's it's an even di- more difficult scenario because Tommy didn't have a case for a title shot, and Cyril Gan probably does. Uh, because as to what Casey said, there's no definitive fu- uh, win, which I com- uh, completely agree. If it was anyone other than the champion's former teammate, I mean that's that's just they're gonna go with the storyline option right mm-hmm. there. Any other person. Like, if it's Curtis Blades rallying off all these wins, he's not going to fight Francis. Uh, well, he wouldn't fight him anyway. He's already on two. But uh, I don't know. I have no idea what the right answer is. It just depends on if he wants to fight or not. It's up to him. 
You know what? If if Gon takes less than takes less money than Derek Lewis, we might get Nagano Gon next. I'm just I don't. It's not the fight I want to see, but you know, it's not. It's not. It makes sense still. You know, I want that fight in Europe. Yeah, me too. I would. I, I would agree. really want that. You know, because when Pizzi was uh, doing the A side with me for so long, he would like prospects of the year and stuff. He would routinely say Cyril Gon in like the European scene. I would want Francis Cyril somewhere over there. All right. Um, let's talk about another heavyweight. Actually, we got we got this question. Is Moldovsky a top five heavyweight in the world? The new uh, tour champion. I have him a top. I have him as a top ten heavyweight for sure. I don't. I don't think he's broken top five yet. I think it's top ten. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I, I I'd say that's fair. He's top ten, top fifteen for sure. Yeah, I wouldn't. He's definitely. I wouldn't put him in the top five. Oh, it, it, only because we just haven't. He just had. He hasn't had the opportunity to really. He's won all his fights, but it's not like he's you know Francis Ngannou them. You know, all, all his way to an interim belt. He's won competitive fights, which is still very impressive, but which gets you you know the top ten in my book. But top five is a bit of a stretch. But um, yeah, if if he beats Ryan Bader and unifies the titles, yeah. he's close. He's sure. definitely close. I still probably wouldn't put him top five, but he's much closer than he is now. That's for sure. Uh, let me see what Sh- Did Shadrach Ratmanov didn't win a bonus, right? Nope. No. UFC's Instagram. Whoever's running UFC social is messing up. <laughs> Why they they said they, they they said he got a bonus. They said secured the bag with a money thing. Marcin Prachnio and Shadrach Ratmanov put on some bonus worthy performances, <laughs> and then they have a video of Kennedy and Jakubu. <laughs> <laughs> They tagged the wrong dude. Yeah. Oh man. Um. Okay. Uh. Yeah. I think we kind of. Gone versus Blades. Yeah. I mean, again, Blade Blades is booked. Blades is booked. Wait, oh, but wait. Blades is booked. Sorry. He's fighting Rosenstrike in September. Oh, I didn't even know that. I forgot. Actually, we as MMA fighting first reported. Casey Lydon, come on now. Jeez. Um. Blades. Yeah. I like Blades Gone better, but whatever. Um, hey, you never know. Maybe, you know, maybe yeah, they, that's a long time. September's long. Well, not, not, that's <laughs> not that far away. <laughs> Three like, months. Wow. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Gone versus Jones is interesting, but I don't see why Jones would take it. Yeah. yeah there's yeah. no those are fun, there. Those are fun fights to play on EA MMA or whatever. EA MMA. Remember that? <laughs> whatever. The UFC John game. Jones. John Jones would rather go to Bellator and fight Fedor than fight yeah. Cyril Gan. That was that was fun. Uh, don't, don't don't get that thought in my head. Who doesn't? <laughs> yeah, we're not, not doing that. Uh, all right. Uh, all right. Two more. I'm digging the beard, Mike. I'm just lazy. I didn't shave it. <laughs> Monday, I probably will. I do it like once a week. The head goes like every two days. The face, I do like once a week, and that grows back um, quick. And then I just get lazy. Rachmaninoff versus Means next. I don't hate it. Rachmaninoff. Where do we go? I don't hate that. I, I like Means. I, I was like, I always love watching Dirty Bird. Rachmaninoff's wins are so much more impressive than Hamza Shemayev's. I don't like. Oh my I, god! Like, they're like close. Like the the name value and the way he did it are so much more impressive to me than Hamza Shemayev. The only problem is. Rachmanov can't speak English, and I and I don't view that as a problem whatsoever in society. I'm viewing this as from the UFC's point of view. Yeah. Uh, 
Dude, my the, the answer to me is Santiago Ponzinibbio. Don't hate that either, but I don't think Santiago will take it. Well, that's the problem. Anyone it's number thirteen? Like, I mean, what, what, but he's finding someone he's way got, behind him. It's, I think you're going to find that a, far though. You're going to find a. Top, he's thirteen. Rock I think 13? the. I think no, the, uh, Miguel, I think I think Santiago fighting Miguel Baeza was the was the fight that after that because it was because remember leading into that fight he did an interview with Arnold Guillermo Cruz. He's like, yeah, I'm fighting a prospect. After this, when I show him that there are levels to this, I'm fighting up higher. Like that, like sand. I don't think I think eventually that fight will happen, but I don't think right now it'll happen because the last fight Santiago fought a, a prospect in the top fifteen, and he put that performance on. I think he's gonna. I think uh, Rakhmanov gets a different opponent. Who, if Rakhmanov fights someone above him, it's gonna be someone that's kind of forced into the fight. Someone like correct. I mean, yeah, someone because they have to take a fight and they're coming off a loss. He's fights. Then if it's not Pons, I think Ponzinibbio is the fight they would try to make. Um, you do Li Jing Liang or Muslim Salikov. That's it. Why not? You can't do anybody I, saw, else. I saw people mention Salikov too. Why not? You can't do it's, Jeff Neal. You can't do Bilal. You can't do Magni. Mazdal, why not? Why, can't you, do, why can't you do Magni? Because you want to do Magni with Shemaev. That's the fight. <laughs> that's, that's, I didn't that's 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 imagine but that's not going to happen either. Is Shemaev healthy? Is he cleared? He's training. He's training in Vegas if, right now. That's cool. He can post videos all he wants. Like, what? What? Remember his first ever interview that he did, his post fight interview? I'm not an Instagram fighter. I'm actually like this and that. I'm like, cool, but right now, that's what you are. Like, I want to, like, give Rack, give Rackman off someone that is, can actually, that we know can get in there. I think for all this talk of Neil Magny versus Hamza Shemaev, and then we, what do we all say when we start talking about this? Rakhmanov's fights are so much more impressive than Hamza Shemaev, and they're actually a welterweight fighting actual welterweights. Rakhmanov versus Neil Magny sounds fun to me. Ain't Sean Brady looking for a fight? Yeah, but no, you don't do that. Two, no. two pro- Kevin, prospect like Kevin prospect. Yeah. You can't do that. You can't do it. Not yet. I- I mean, I, I hate yet. prospect versus prospect fights, but the UFC does that all the time. So, I like I like the Ponzinibbio fight. I get where Ponzinibbio is coming from. If he's like, dude, if I'll fight this by is a guy, but if I win, you got to give me like a vet or something. Like, yeah. I, I get that, but like, I I get like where you're coming from, Jose, with Rachmanov. Like, if we're gonna push somebody and give them the rub, like let's give it to Rachmanov and give him the push. But at the same time, there's like. There's something about Rachmanov where, like, I'm okay waiting to see him fight. Like, I like I was so much – I was so excited that he was fighting today because I hadn't seen him in so long. Like, it wasn't like Shemayev who fought, like – he fought once and fought 10 days later and then fought two months later and it was just Shemayev, 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 Shemayev. It was nice to, like, get a little – you know, just wait for Rachmanov. Like, when's Rachmanov fighting? Oh, now he's fighting. Oh, Rachmanov's fighting today. Yay. It was just nice to, like, get a little break and, and, I'll and watch Rock anticipation. Ma- I'll watch Rock after because I after his fight on Fight Island and his fight tonight, I'll watch Rachmanov fight every single weekend, and I will be entertained. Yeah. I, I If they did that, I'm cool with it. I just think it's they're in kind of two different scenarios because, like, the first thing Rachmanov was like, give me, top, give me a top 15 guy, but I miss my family. I'm going home for a while. And then, you know, I'll talk to my team down the road and we'll fight again. I don't you think know, he's like in a rush to fight like every card like like Shemayev was. It kind of sounds like, though, and this is a good thing for the UFC and Rachmanov, but like even though he didn't win a performance bonus, unlike what UFC social media says, he seems to, he seems <laughs> to have gone over, you know? 
He seems to have gone over. He seems to he seems to have that that it factor. Even though he's not a trash talker, he doesn't speak English. He can't, you know, he's not a big I will crush you on social media type guy. You know, he's just a guy that fights. He has a distinct look, distinct fighting style, and kind of distinct fighting style. But um, yeah, I just think um, it's just it's good for the sport. It's good for the UFC, and that uh, we just have another 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 player at welterweight that we want to see. I think it's. You know, it's I want to know. I want to know everything about Shafkar Rock. Yeah, that's like that's, I seriously that's, want to know everything about him. I know nothing about him. He's that's such so a mystery. Interesting about that's him. what makes him so interesting. He's, yes. a less, he's a less is more guy. Less is more. <laughs> I think <laughs> I want to see I want to see him fight Neil Magny. I really do. I think I've talked myself into make that fight is going to happen. <laughs> I'm putting it out into the ether. He trains like Rakhmanov trains it in Sanford. M- he trains at Sanford MMA, so it's not like he has to fly over. And like you know, like he's right there in 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 Florida. I'm all about like how many times are they going to go to Florida this year? Dana White's like Arizona, yeah. Houston, Houston, Nevada, that's Florida. Like the world. how many Florida? How, like oh, you you train? Florida? I don't think Come that's home down. though for him. It's that's not, just like where he's. Oh, working, it's definitely yeah. not home. I think eventually he might move there, but who knows? Uh, his him yeah. and Fazeev, him and Fazeev are funny on Instagram. Like there was oh a the, when uh, there was like a video of uh, Rockmanov hitting pads with. Um, Wow, I'm blanking on his name. Henry Hooft and uh, Fazeev, like, Hurricane Ron and, like, a, a, a punching dummy, <laughs> like, behind him. <laughs> and they were like, what the hell? And then Fazeev just, like, right away. Oh, he's funny, man. They're both he's of those guys. I want to know everything about those guys. Like, just oh, yeah. get them in a house, you know, surreal lifestyle and surreal world style. And let's just – I just want to see more of those guys. I, I, I just love how just all these great fighters are just coming from all corners of the world. So you just have all these different types of stories and people and just personalities, but in the, in just fighting in a cage. And then we just learn more about them. That's why this sport is yeah. freaking fun. Yeah. And then we got to, we got to meet guys like Terrence McKinney, who's got such an interesting story. He got a crazy knockout. Guess his knees okay. He's on social media dancing around. So Talking about crazy personalities real quick before we have to go. It's like, Julia Vila's post-fight speech with DC. Amazing. I just hope that doesn't get forgotten. That was just so sweet, just so, <laughs> so freaking sweet. The the whole blood and like DC just played. DC was like, DC sometimes as an interviewer is like, uh, whatever. But like in that role right there, he was great. He was just great. And um, uh, if you get a chance, get a chance. Find Sydney Outlaw's post-fight um, interview backstage. That guy, he trains at ATT. Um, He's man, that guy's got a great story. His person, I've never seen a before Sydney, Sydney Outlaw left. You know, that they put those two cans of monster, Bellator does it too, cans of monster energy drink. And he's all like, Hey, is this anyone's? And he grabs one, he goes, like, Can I take that one? He just grabs both cans of monster energy. He's like, Cool, free soda. And he leaves. <laughs> I just, <laughs> the guy I just that a is, personality for sure. He is a, yeah, and he's, and he's got a he's got a crazy past, and um, yeah, just good. Yeah, that's all. I just, I love, yeah. I, that's one thing constantly throughout my years working in this sport. I just love the completely different types of people we always run into. That's the, that's the fun part for me. That's true. I'm already working on Julia Avila for oh, what the heck on awesome. Monday. Awesome, so awesome, stay awesome. tuned. <laughs> well, already in the works. Don't you worry. We've already, uh, initial conversations are already ongoing to get her on because yeah, I have yeah, so yeah. much to talk to her about. So we, we, uh, we saw she, are we, are we good? Are we good? We're I think good. we've, uh, we're good. Yeah, we'll be talking more about this card tomorrow, AK and I, with on to the next one, doing some matchmaking. I'm sure we'll talk about it on What the Heck. We'll talk about it on Between the Links. So this is just, this isn't goodbye UFC Vegas 30 forever. It's just so long, everybody. But uh, 
And then we have a rare weekend off next week from the UFC as the build to UFC 264 is officially upon us. So those promos, by the way, today, excellent promos. Great promos. promos. Yeah, except here's what they always do. Not really the truth, but great promos, by the way. Here's what they always do. And they've been, me and our good, our our mutual friend Oscar Willis (laughs) always talk about this. Since for for like the last 17 months, it's basically been me, Oscar, and John Morgan have been the only constant media presence at these show, at these events. Is they will take one of our questions. As this is unembedded and and on the countdowns. They will take one of our questions and then cut the answer and then take an answer from a separate question and then puzzle piece it. So they'll take the different answer with the different question and put them together. So it sounds more interesting. And they did that. That is exactly what they did on this preview show. I'm pretty sure they used several of my answers about Connor talking about Habib, and they just framed it like he was talking about Justin Porter. Yeah, it, it kind of sucks. That's why I kind of I don't watch Embedded because, you know, I work in journalism. I like true stories, and Embedded, while they're fun to watch, and it's fun to watch people get haircuts and sign posters, a lot of it's just not true. But <laughs> what happens? You Dude, know? they don't. They don't do. They haven't done the haircut in a bit because they can't. <laughs> Damn you, COVID. <laughs> you know? Uh, well, enjoy BKFC and all the boxing. Yeah, everybody. lots of boxing. Yeah. Davis. Tank Davis. Uh, yes. Lots of Tank Davis, lots Ryan Garcia, fun. make it happen. Lots of no, fun boxing, to, uh, whether with, with gloves and without. But until – enjoy that. We'll talk again soon. For Casey, Jose, I am Mike Keck. Good night, everybody. M-M-A. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.